0: Hey there folks! Real quick, want to remind you that SideFest Northwest 2020 is this weekend, August 1st and 2nd. This is a community streaming event on their Twitch channel and features a variety of live streaming content from vendors. Artists and content creators From all over the Pacific Northwest As well as contests, games And panel discussions and more Including a panel hosted By previous guest and friend of the show Apollo on female Artists and writers in the Transformers Franchise and fandom Also my buddy Yoshi is hosting a panel Called Producing Content When Official Avenues Fail A presentation about Transformers Reanimated I will also Be hosting two panels this year On Saturday at 4 p.m., it's the return of the legacy of the Transformers the movie, a sequel to the panel I did last year where we'll talk about our favorite memories and why this movie is still important 34 years later. And on Sunday at 3 o'clock, I'm hosting a Artist Spotlight panel featuring Blackie Shepard and Billy Montford, a.k.a. Cosmic Danger, the artists of IDW's Transformers issue number 21. That issue is currently out now on shelves. You can go buy it right now. They are both artists from right here in the Seattle area, and both are making their debut doing interior pages on the official Transformers book with this issue. Now, Blackie Shepard has uh, done two previous retail incentive covers, but this is his first interior work for Transformers, just, uh, just to make that uh, uh, clear. Um, I will also be the MC for the wrap-up panel with the show organizers at 4 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, there's going to be live content streaming from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, both Saturday and Sunday. And again, that is August 1st and 2nd. The full Schedule, including other presentations from some really cool folks, is available at their website, SideFestNW.com, and the actual live stream will be hosted and is happening on the SideFest Northwest Twitch channel. That's going to be twitch.tv. Uh, slash sidefestnw And the spelling on that is S Y B F E S T N W. And of course, the website is sidefestnw.com. Hope to see um, all of you out there this weekend out on the stream and on the internet. Now on with the show. fan artist Stan Cho, a.k.a. Artist Stan. He uh, joins us now. And kind of when, when did you get into Transformers? What, what was that first spark that, as it were, um, that, that, <laughs> that really got you into uh, these, uh, these robots in disguise? Well, back in
1: 84, you know, I was eight years old at the time. The ripe age for, you know, the target audience for this stuff. And I was a G.I. Joe fan at the time. But um, when Transformers came out, my whole budget and all my brothers' budget, they all, it went, all went to Transformers. And um, just the craftsmanship, like nothing on the toy market at the time was like that, obviously. And it was just a testament to just how Japan was just craftsmen. They were craftsmen yeah. at heart. Absolutely. And they were doing a complexity. And just uh, even the factories that were making these things were just next level. And, you know, kudos to America and, and the whole world for recognizing what this stuff was. It yeah. was groundbreaking toy. They were groundbreaking toys and the cartoons. I mean, that that's all, you know, what Ronald Reagan, right. With, um, changing the law about, uh, being able to advertise to children. Right.
0: Correct. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so
1: that was kind of a match made in heaven for that too. Right. Um, but Yay,
0: capitalism, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but just, the, I was in the right place at the right time. You know, yeah. it was uh, the heyday the, the of transformers, you know, the birth of that. So, very proud to have been a part of that. Um, that was the beginning of it all. But, you know, I left Transformers Fandom after the movie and then, you know, got back into it um, when I discovered art, and I was getting an itch to draw again. I took a long hiatus from art because mm-hmm. I was like, OK, Japan, this is it. You know, I'm never going to be a pro artist. Yeah. So whatever. Right. I'm just going to go to Japan. Uh, bury my bones there, so to speak. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm never, I'm never coming back to America. There's nothing for me here, right? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, eat my words right there, right? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you know, Transformers has embraced me and you know, I've embraced Transformers again. And um, you know, we'll see where this takes me.
0: Awesome. I, I love it. Uh, so uh, who was your first figure then?
1: I want to say it was Prowl. My first like worthy figure, I guess, because he was like an Autobot car, like not a mini bot, you know, or right. or something like that, right? I, and and no no hate against mini bots. I I did have my favorite mini bots as Windcharger, um, but oh, okay, um, Prowl was my guy, um, you know, and and uh, you know, Rank Second in Command, his only weakness was his firepower was only a four. So anytime I was in a to- I was in a battle with my with all my friends with, with, with prowl, I was, my guy couldn't shoot anything and make anything fall down. You know, I don't even know how I played with him. I guess he punched everybody down. Yeah, he, sure. He was pretty strong. I, I recall. Yeah. And he had whatever courage and all that other stuff, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when I went back, uh, obviously, obviously, he died in the movie. So that like destroyed me. Right. Yeah. And he died like a, like a fool. Right. Now I, I don't know it's going to say a fool, but like, like there's even like, if you really look closely at the animation, when the Decepticons um, break into the shuttle, he actually turns his chair away from them. I understand it's like he's using his chair as cover, yeah. but then it made me sad that Braun was the first one to charge them because, you know, I mean, if they had more tactically uh, re- retaliated against the Decepticons, like at least Ironhide and Ratchet went at them together. But yeah. imagine if Braun and Prowl went, th- went at them together and then went down. I think that would that would be so much cooler, you know, or... If if Prowl lived up to his name as rank number two, what if he had a couple of lines and coordinating an attack? I don't know if they cut budget, they didn't want Michael Bell. They didn't want to pay Michael Bell or what for <laughs> for the voice. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't, I don't recall him talking. His li- his line from the script got cut from the
0: movie. Yeah, Prowl um, doesn't speak, but but Michael Bell is in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a um scrapper, scavenger Oh, good, good. That's yeah, right. yeah, he does, yeah. He yeah, a couple he's, of
1: different voices. That's good. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, he's he's but,
0: definitely in there.
1: Cool. I'm glad to hear. Glad. To hear. I love Michael Bell, um, Duke. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, but um, uh, you know when Prowl died, that was a big thing for me. Um, but then when I got back into Deviant Art and Transformers art, I did a ton of Prowl art. Yeah, and I just yeah. got it. I got it all out of my system, and then I, I kind of stopped being a Prowl fan at that point. Because, you know, with, with the whole sort of reinvention of, of Prowl in the, the comic books, mm-hmm. I realized he, he, maybe he wasn't really my guy, you know? And I'm not really sure. I, I mean, is, this is the most boring answer, but Optimus Prime is my favorite now. Sure. Because he's easy to draw for me. I've drawn so many times now that I can draw him pretty much with my eyes closed. Yeah. So I should mention, I, I, I failed to mention this, but the, the piece that I did, Um, that we showed earlier—the watercolor paint-looking painted piece—the one that I did on my Twitch stream—that was like inspired by a toy photo uh, of MP44, the masterpiece prime.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: taken by I want to I want to give them a shout out here. Let me just pull this up. Sure. Um, But I I am heavily inspired by toy photos because it gives me so much um to work off of in terms of the detailing on the on the picture and um. You know, I get a really good um, sort of idea, too, on the on the pose. And, you know, I'm not tracing it per se, um, but I'm getting, like, a strong sort of inspiration from the toy photo. So the toy photo here, it says Master Andy's Kindergarten. I'm not sure what that is. Okay. But it's on the photo. And I think he's a photographer, or he might have an Instagram account. Um, but uh i really enjoy um like on instagram i only follow like um toy instagram to transformer toy instagram accounts and um a couple other you know kinds of accounts you know just for insp- art inspiration and also um photography you know like composition um and stuff like that but so i look at a lot of toy photos sure and then you know um you know sometimes I get permission from the toy photographer, sometimes I don't, which you know I probably should do a better job of doing that but um <laughs> but but I just find that you know um the art and the toy photography just they kind of we we're kind of a community as well yeah I feel like I feel some of the um the toy photographers follow me mm-hmm. and uh, you know we have you know ongoing sort of you know kudos to each other on instagram so
0: yeah absolutely and and it's kind of interesting how there's I, I I don't want to refer to it as clicks because that that's that's not Specifically accurate, but there are like subgenres and subgenres of subgenres yeah. of uh, Transformers content creators. Like yeah. you'll, like you were saying, like toy photographers. You know, they yeah. they usually run with their own. You'll have like uh, fan fiction writers that kind of ride with their own. Yeah. Um, you've got podcasters, and and we certainly ride with our own. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting how. So many different types of media uh, can be uh, and disparate media too. I mean, again, yeah. we're we're on a podcast talking about toy photography and digital fan art. So mm-hmm. and and it's right. all inspired by Transformers. And I I just I, I just yeah. think that's incredible incredibly fascinating how yeah. this this robot franchise just inspires us to create and touches us in all of these different ways it's 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 very, very yeah good.
1: yeah and i feel like you know what i'm discovering about retro wave music and i when yeah. i read a lot of the youtube comments it's people say like oh i wish i was born in that era or when i listen to this music it feels like I existed in that era kind of like this weird sort of alternate timeline thing like you know the Berenstain Bears Berenstain Bears thing yes yeah that Mandela shift or when was I born actually because when people listen to Retrowave they actually experience something similar to what people who were actually alive at the time like us or or you know I don't know when you were born but Mm -hmm. when I was there I, I experienced it but People who listen to it experience sim- a similar thing, and I think that's really yeah. cool. And I think the same thing applies for G One. Yeah, and, um, they weren't there in '84. It doesn't matter though, because right, they totally get Optimus Prime. They totally get Megatron and Starscream mm-hmm. and all of that.
0: You you just mentioned uh, folks experiencing it that weren't, you know living in that era and that uh reminds me again of one of my new favorite podcasts it's called more than meets the pod and it's it's two gals in their mid-20s so and and they're going through and watching all of the g1 shows oh god share me that link it sounds so fun oh and it, it is so much fun and you know they're uh they're both uh fan fiction creators and so they they have it from that point of view also so like yeah. anytime like two characters are occupying the same space that's mm-hmm. like i ship that <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> like you know they'll they'll just come up with like this elaborate fiction um of these characters being involved just from like a line or a glance or an animation error yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's so fascinating because like you know we've had you know uh uh, 30 plus years of time with this material and Mm -hmm. it takes somebody half our age to be like oh i i (laughs) never thought of it from that before That's
1: exactly that's
0: that's a ton it's
1: very refreshing and uh, it's funny i look at my uh audience um breakdown on instagram sure and it's literally like 35 to 44 is my main core audience of males sure and then it's two notches down for the females it's like, what is it's, it's that 2 notch down age group, which they're in their 20s, you know? Yeah. So um, very funny, like, how that pans out. I mean, it's all, also obviously, no, I shouldn't say obviously, but just sort of, um, just because of the amount of the, whatever, you know, the, 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 the amount of time it's, it's been a certain way, I'll put it that way. Yes, um, yeah. My, my breakdown is 85% male, 15% female. So mm-hmm. it, it is important for me to be more in touch with the female audience, mm-hmm. um, and just sort of balance it out too. You know, I think, um, you know, I uh, I mentioned Webtoon earlier, but Webtoon yeah definitely has it right in terms of their audience split. Um, you know, I shouldn't say right. There's no right or wrong, but it's okay. it's closer to fifty fifty. Let's put it that way than the core comic book market.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, and I think the core comic book market is dying. And I, when I guess when I say yeah. right, it's let's try to live longer horror comic book market. You know, let's not not try to like kill ourselves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like -hmm. like you guys wanna live on, right? You know, right? You don't wanna like (laughs) disappear into
0: obscurity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's so hard with comics nowadays because like there there's so many different uh, competing philosophies. Like on one hand, you have a tremendous amount of diversity and inclusion, not just in the characters, but the creators themselves, which is wonderful. On the flip side, you have pushback from from gross, nasty groups um, that that I'm not even going to name drop here. But it's it's like, well, we don't want this. This doesn't sell. It's you know, it's all just you know shills for shills' sake, and you know, a lot of yeah. virtue signaling, and you know, just a lot of that ugly rhetoric that gets uh, gets thrown around. Yeah, and it, it leaves me as like a a lifelong comics fan kind of confused in a way it's like i don't even know if i know how to fix comics anymore and right. and and to say nothing about like the the recent uh allegations that have come to light with you know several um uh long-standing um uh creators being like outed as sexual harassers and sexual assaulters sure. and sure. And, the, and there's the, there there's a weird toxicity that that kind Absolutely. of and and it's again yeah. it's it's not i mean on one hand it's the best time to be a comics fan on the other hand it's a worst time to be a comics fan because i'm just like well who's who's it going to be this week whose whose body of work that i idolized when i was younger do i gets canceled what do i get to throw out what what do i get to keep this week yeah. um, it's it's a very long way of saying that that even me as a like lifelong fan i don't know how to fix it
1: I I right, right. I, no, I, I I don't either. You know, I'm I'm glad to be <clears throat> like finally in the working in the comic book industry. Mm-hmm. Um not quite as as how I envisioned it as an artist, but um you know, I'm an art director, so I do a, a lot of things across the board. I do yeah. do art. Um I do graphic design. Um you know, I lead a production team, you know, we, we put books out, whether they be digital, whether they be video, whether, so it's very, there's a wide breadth of media that I'm involved in with my company, AWA. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and, you know, watching the, the comic industry evolve is, is very, um, it's very painful. You know, some of the things you're talking about are very serious issues. Um, you know, I, the, 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 the landscape has to change. The leadership has to change. Um, part one of the reasons, you know, I almost quit my, my dream of getting into the comic industry uh, was because I just had bad experiences as well, you know, and not, not to put the spotlight on me, you know, there's nothing, nothing should take the spotlight off of the problems that are coming to light now. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of bad experiences that I had. Um, um, and it's just heartbreaking, you know, a lot of passionate people are out there trying to make their way. Um, and um, uh, a lot of people are quitting. You know, you're losing, you're losing your evangelists. You know, the artists are the evangelists because they go out and they, they're the ones that spend 10 hours staring at a piece of paper and say, hey world, here's what I drew. Mm-hmm. You know, and no, nothing on writing. I'm, I'm not knocking writing or anything. It's just, you could write a lot more in a shorter amount of time. And so the people that are really, you know, you know like <laughs> i'm not tuning my own horn here but like no no go ahead artists like are you know i just want to say like throughout history artists are um like a breed of like creature <laughs> like, okay okay we're, we 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 need we're we're an integral part of society and we push forward sort of these like we're you know the stuff for your eyeballs Put it that way oh sure okay and like whether there was painters in the past whether it was i don't know like animators or you know whatever whatever yeah, right yeah. whatever is going a comic book artist right
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: we we you got to feed us you know and you got to like give us a you gotta throw us a bone yeah you know um you gotta let us own stuff you gotta let us create stuff you gotta give us our space you gotta like let us do stuff you know and so i was listening to a um a uh uh, a, a, podca- a podcast or a YouTube thing. Oh, it was actually um, uh, that Walking Dead writer. What's his name? Uh, Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. He was saying like, look, I'm really excited because there are a lot more writer artists that are coming back into the fold. These are yeah. the people I'm really excited about. And, then, and I was like, yeah, like, remember when Image was the thing? Mm-hmm. And it was like seven artists that literally took the the comic book industry by storm. Absolutely. And then look at Webtoon, which is writer artists most of the time, right? They just get to just draw and write what they want. And um, you know, look at Jack Kirby. He was the writer artist of his time. I know Stan Lee wrote over Jack Kirby's art, but Jack Kirby told the story in pictures and right. no no knock on Stan. Stan did a whole you know, he gets his accolades, you know. Of course. Jack gets his accolades too, but Jack got a few notes, and um, that's actually how I work with Bill Gemma. So he'll give me a few lines on a sheet of paper. We'll do a meeting, and I'll come back with a with a bunch of art. He'll like it or he won't. I'm not saying I'm good, you know. I'm just saying like this way of working, giving artists a lot of power um, um, to 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 be to be expressive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and um, this is how we move forward. I think from from all of this, um, and you know we have a really diverse um group of artists right that are that are pushing things forward now um you know let's let's keep going in that direction you know um and and see where we see where we go you know i think it's time like artists were powerful for a while in comics writers kind of took the scepter i think it's it's possibly time for you know the obviously you know the the frank millers and the mike mignolas and david laughums and all these people there they've been around right Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been like a writer artist revolution. But I guess you could call Webtoon that writer artist revolution, you know? Because these yeah, people yeah. own, they own that stuff. Mm-hmm. They wrote and they drew it, you know? And it wasn't about like super duper fine art. It was actually that, you know, hey, they could, they told a, a ripping good yarn, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. the early Webtoons, they weren't even good art. And, and I'm, not, I'm not I'm not saying they're bad art. I'm just saying like, it's, it's like, look, artists, you don't need to draw like Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee to tell a good story. So mm-hmm. go out there, publish on Webtoon or publish on Comic Soldier or whatever. Get a good story out there. You, you know, it could take you places, you know. Um, so it's just that's my sort of... Um, soapbox there
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I i hear you and it, and it is interesting how uh things kind of come in waves like you yeah. know i i think we're just uh kind of coming out of the uh uh the prolific writer wave you know it's like mm-hmm. you know you had brian michael bendis uh, jeff sure. johns you know a sure. lot Mark of those Millar. Are,
1: yeah, Mark, there you mean, go. oh my god that stuff is so entertaining you just Go ahead. Sorry, I no,
0: no, no. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fishtailing and floundering anyway. But yeah, it's just you know, um, I, I agree with you that I think you know having more uh prolific uh writer artists is is perhaps at least. Something that the industry needs to kind of uh, uh, kind of get that creative vitality uh, back to it, because I think um you know while a lot of these superstar writers you know worked with some incredibly talented artists, I think a lot of it also was and and this was just kind of emblematic of the the amount of output that they were making. I think they were trying to um, bring these comics to life as quickly as they could, um, mm-hmm. especially Marvel. And I think kind yeah. of like in that, that late two thousands um, it, it kind of had like a almost um, uh, fast food. Uh, <laughs> kind of vibe to it where it's just like, you know, we're, we're going to put out, uh, we're going to cancel all of the half dozen Spider-Man titles yeah, uh, but, we're, but we're gonna put out Amazing Spider-Man five times a month, and it's like <laughs> it's like you've accomplished nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And finally, yeah. like I, uh, um, I I don't remember when it was. Maybe it was around the time of like uh, Civil War two, like right around that time where it was just like I got event fatigue, and <laughs> I just I, I I I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't keep up, and. Well, um,
1: we talk to retailers, and and you know, at our company now. And one of the things that resonated with me was that, like, you know, another problem with the industry right now is there's just too many miniseries. And I understand why miniseries exist, yeah. but if a retailer has to spend his time and energy to promote something, and then three months later it's gone, like all that work and energy, it just went down the drain. You know, they want ongoing stories now again. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And
1: you know, you know, I mean, again, miniseries ran their course. All yeah. of those were were easily shuffled to Hollywood as you know. Hey, read this. Do you like it? We'll make a movie. That kind of thing. Obviously, yeah. and, it, and it won't yeah. go away. It's great. That's great. Everything's going good. You know, I'm not a naysayer, and and that's in that sense. I'm just saying, like, let's think about the retailers. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, thing- not to say that AWA we're stuck doing miniseries right now as well because it's just the nature of the business. You can't commit yeah. because you just don't. There just aren't enough numbers to to sustain um, quality production crews and promising an ongoing series, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and, and comics has become just as fragmented as, say, any other entertainment. Like, Like, look at television you know like uh, your various streaming platforms and oh, yeah. you know and network tv and cable tv and you know at a, at its height you know you had like 20 million people watching an episode of mash now uh when 3 million people watch an episode of you know ncis or whatever it's like oh that's that that's that's some record-breaking uh uh, viewership there and 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 i think comics has become kind of the same way in that there's just so much there there's a lot of good great incredible stuff but there's also so much i mean not even mentioning quality good bad or indifferent there's just too much and and yeah. for for casuals it's so hard but for me at least the the thing that i i think that i'm fearful of with regards to the future of comics is that comics be relegated to being an ip farm you know and i i kind of felt that way about the time that disney acquired marvel and on one hand as a fan i was delighted to see not just classic stories, but recent stories uh, translated into into the movies. Like, like I, I lived long enough to see a Winter Soldier movie.
2: <laughs> right. Great,
0: you yeah. know, and you know, and then they did Civil War as a movie, and you know, and it, it's it's incredibly interesting to see that. And now it, it almost feels like the well is starting to dry up a bit, and. Yeah. I again, it loops me back around to like, I'm not sure how to fix it. But you mentioned uh, considering retailers like I think sometimes there was a movement where like I I think I I had a buddy that that uh, that's a comics retailer and he uh, he kind of referred to the the Marvel method of publication as spaghetti you know, just, just throwing anything at the wall. If some of it sticks, that's fine. If it falls on the floor, that's fine too. It doesn't really matter because we're just, you know, just cranking out uh, content. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I, I think if I, if I were to also proselytize and get on my soapbox, unfortunately, I think one of the solutions is less content. You know, do, make, make something that is an event or whatever truly special by not having it so saturated by so much yeah. going on.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot to unpack there. But um, first of all, um, I, I like what you mentioned about well, you, you pinpointing Disney kind of being a turning point with Marvel. But, um, you know, there was a turning point in, early, in the early 2000s when Bill Jemis ran yes. Marvel as well. Where he brought over the NBA model because he used to work at the NBA. Yeah, He brought yeah. The, the NBA model over to um, to to Marvel. work like a wonder, mm-hmm. and then Disney came in. They brought in their model. work like a wonder. It might be time for a change. You know, every decade, it's time for a change. You know, something that um, restimulates the um, the uh, the environment. You know, Axel Alonso was talking about on a recent interview he did with Dan Shah- Shahin Shaheen. <clears throat> <clears throat> that um you know he was the he was one of the early people who caught on to the idea that these movies these these characters the hulk the, the thor et cetera, they can each be a genre in and of themselves you know he envisioned hulk as a horror story um uh um there you know a couple other examples like dr strange as you know um you know that sort of what do you call it like supernatural
0: yeah like yeah story. psychedelic supernatural yeah, yeah. A, a little bit and, of a cult if you if you feel like it
1: yeah, and then Black Panther as a... I don't know if he mentioned this per se, but possibly sure. black exploitation type movie. Sure. You know. yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was an idea. that, that what, People didn't think of it that way, you know? Um, so just that kind of fresh blood, people coming from outside the industry, um, yeah. can be a good thing. I mean, I, I'm not for Bay, per se, but I, you can say that he brought something. He came from outside the industry, yes. outside of, of the core fandom. He brought something different. Um, wasn't my cup of tea, but people loved it. People ate that shit up. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't care what people say now. Like everyone's against Bay now. I, I, I call bullcrap because when that stuff was coming out, everybody loved it, yeah. and you could not, you could not naysay that stuff in the early going, right. or you would get, you would get torn down. You would get destroyed. You could not say a bad thing about, uh, you know, Bay's movies in the early going. So I just kept my mouth shut. Sure. I, I even have this. Um, this. I started doing comedy TF. Transformer stuff. Um, okay, I'll send you a couple. But I have this one that I have yet to release this day because it pokes fun at Bayformers. Actually, it uh, um, I can I can release it now finally. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I drew it back in like two thousand and seven even. So it's been it's been a hot. Oh minute, wow! So
0: so like right at but, the beginning then.
1: Yeah yeah, I'll release it finally. Thanks thanks for King. King-
0: <laughs> <English>. <laughs> there you go. But another thing too, just I, I want to talk about Jap-
1: Japanese TV dramas because of Japanese course, TV please. dramas. Um, Unlike the U.S. soap operas, you know nothing on them. You know I'm, I'm being very PC here. Japanese <laughs> um, CB dramas are like 12 episodes, dude, and they end yeah. right there. And yeah. some of them are so good because you're like, dude, this this is a finite death. Like this person is not coming back, you know. And how is this character going to deal with that? And how are they going to wrap this up in 12 episodes? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like. Let's do comics like that, you know? Maybe let's cha- change up the format, you know? Well, I would say, again, I'll say Webtoon. Webtoon sure. changes the format because you can have stories of various lengths. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stick to a 20-page format, right? But let me throw another, another thing out there. What if you, you did the Japanese, uh, not, Japanese TV drama style where it's 12 instead of four, yeah. right? Because maybe you can do a better arc in 12 episodes, right? Maybe there's something about a 12-episode arc that the Japanese... TV drama people figured out. Maybe there's a there's a cadence to it, right? A pacing. Yeah, so yeah. If you study that, then you know. Then you could run. You could you could do a 12 issue graphic novel. I know it's going to take six years to make because I know normal people working full time jobs it takes three years to make a graphic novel. That's why I haven't drawn or made a graphic novel yet. You know because it's so freaking hard. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I've made a 28 episode webtoon, right? So it's just like you know, it's just like let's think about it differently. Let's get and and I want to go back to writers. Because I was, I was talking about writers, writer-artists. And I kind of yeah, yeah. excluded writers from the equation. But look at people like XKCD. Look, look, at, look at people like, um, I don't want to say people who can't draw, draw. But like, like there are some stick figure people out there who've managed to make a really successful uh, comic. Sure. Right? And so I'm not, you know, I'm just saying like, I'm not saying I'm excluding you, writers. I'm saying be a writer-artist. Find some way to convey your thing in a way that only you can convey with your limitations. Like even artists have limitations, right? Yeah. One of the reasons, you know, I don't do certain kinds of art is because that's my limitation. Right. Mm. And so I just work around that in the same way. Writers, though, you may not pe- though people may not be able to draw a watermelon or an apple or whatever, a female figure or whatever, doesn't matter. Right. Just find a way to speak. You know, I think we're the driving force of the zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. writers and artists and creators that aren't on some big corporate you know paycheck um and i think it's up to us to become more and more controversial and uh really push the boundaries yeah and um you know get get in trouble i think i think we should get in trouble and and i don't want to get in trouble maybe that's why i'm not famous you know i'm not taking risks you know we have to take risks whether that puts you well, that makes you an enemy of somebody, makes you a friend of somebody. I think we have to take risks to push forward in the medium and to push forward the rhetoric, whatever that may be, you know, the important thing of the time, uh, to push forward understanding. Like not, not many people may understand me as an Asian American, right? Um, you know, there are things that I went through that nobody else went through. There are things that I went through that other people went through that people want to read about, you know? So um, there's just so much to do. You know, (laughs) I wish um, I could do more, but I think, you know, I want to empower people. I want to empower creators um, to really just um, get on the digital platforms, get on the physical platforms and just go out there, create stuff and um, make yourself known, get famous. You know, Um, you know, Uh, there's nothing better in life to do. There's nothing better in life to do than than get in trouble, you know, because in the right way, I'm not not saying go and, and loot stuff right i'm saying like get in trouble being creative you know Mm -hmm. like back then if you a certain way of drawing a nude figure was was getting in trouble Mm -hmm. you know you shouldn't do that or whatever right yeah um so how do we get in trouble now right not in a way to provoke people but to like push
0: the envelope Pushing the boundaries, Push like the boundaries, you know, and- you know the, the the thing I was thinking about, you know, during, during this whole thing is, you know, let, let's go back to the image seven, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, these guys, you know, kind of uh, uh, took the ultimate risk and, you know, kind of you know walked away from prolific careers i mean it's like you know eric larson could have drawn spider-man forever jim lee could have drawn x-men forever um you know and and so on and so forth but it's like no let's let's do something different and i don't know if we've seen um a, a revolution on that scale since
1: yeah, that was early '90s. It's been a while. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it, yeah. and and a couple things that you've said a couple different times. It's like, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's kind of time to you mm-hmm. know shake the bottle a bit.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think it's time for you know a couple of these companies to get broken down into smaller pieces, like Disney, yeah. Marvel, whatnot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the even the Pixar's, the Apples, the IBM's, the Microsofts, and all of these you know the Facebooks, the Amazons, they just sure. break them up the pieces, you know. Um, there's weird stuff going on in in the banks, right? Um, there's bad stuff, weird stuff going on. Um, but I think, um, we, 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 we exist. We, we, we won't, we won't go down easy. I would say us as the masses, um, we're, we're staring down the barrel of some prop, some possibly very, uh, nefarious stuff in terms of, I mean, they need us. Yeah. They need us peons to get to, to keep the world turning. So they're going to use us in some way, and we just have to kind of, you know, fight back. You know, take advantage of of, of 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 what we can do with our with the tools that we have, which are plentiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have so many tools now to really um, make our voices known, to make a um, a movement. Yeah. Zone, you know. Um. So you know, in terms of you know, back to transformers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In terms of Transformers, what is that? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what that is. Again, like you said, it's, it's Transformers in the Movie 2. Let's call it Transformers the Movie 2. We don't I know like what it, it is, but it's going to hit hard like Transformers the Movie 2.
0: Whoa, those were some seriously hot takes. How do you feel about it? Let Mike know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at... Mike Simon radio. I love it. I, I, I am there for that. All right, Stan. Well, it has, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and, uh, learning about your art and, and all of these incredibly insightful conversations. This, uh, this was a lot of fun, but, um, our, our time is starting to run out, but before we get out of here, um, I want to hit you with the same series of questions I ask, uh, pretty much all of my guests. Um, it's, uh, a lot of, my uh, previous guests and fans have kind of affectionately learned to call these the job interview questions. So, you know, I'm going to ask you where you see yourself in five years. No, not, not really, (laughs) but no, um, uh, what, what I would like to ask to close us out is kind of talk about um, what your biggest challenge has been as an artist and uh, possibly how you've overcome some of those challenges. Uh, what the ultimate direction you're looking for um, uh, with your art and uh, and your work. You know, are you seeking fame and fortune? Kind of what's the dream? And then finally to round us out and um, some of this is, is things that we've, we've touched on already but um, advice you would have for folks that want to uh, pursue their own artistic interests, whether that be um, art or writing or podcasting or or whatever. Um, you know, kind of advice for the kids. I, I like to call it. Um, so let's uh, so let's uh, go back all the way to the beginning and uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of the challenges you've had and and how you've overcome
1: them. Great questions. And I, I haven't done a job interview in a long time, so this is, uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm to be that uh, that nervous uh, nervous kid um no I'm kidding challenges um yeah I mean do you mean the challenge like overall or like the challenge now like
0: well let, let's keep it current you know it's like what yeah. what as uh, specifically as a content creator and an artist what what did you beating your head against the wall on what's what's challenging you today figured
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's staying motivated you know um it's the battle is always within yourself. Yeah. It's not, it has nothing to do with anybody else. You you want to put things into other people's hands to let them decide. So never censor your own art or, or whatever you want to put out because you think it's because you think it's not good enough or, or whatever the case may be. If it's not finished, I understand, yeah. but yeah. Hey, you could put, you could put out a work in progress. You know, it doesn't have to be finished. So, um, I just, I would just say the, you know, now I want to do Twitch stuff, right? So get, how do I get into the headspace of revving myself up? Well, I listen to the Transformers, the movie soundtrack, which is still really good. That's I great. Coffee, <laughs> I eat chocolate. I drink coffee. I'm like, I get revved up. I watch other Twitch streams. But yeah, it's just like we, the battle is always within ourselves, you know? And whether that's like, <clears throat> like my apartment is too noisy because my kids are around or... Um, because or somebody else it might be they don't have enough money to get the right equipment or whatever the case may be it's just like deal with it you know yeah and and just break through your challenges and um you can do it you know i mean that, there's nothing more i can say is that you can do it um i went from a guy who was told his whole life do art as a hobby do art as a hobby yeah and man. um i believed it and so i followed it but then at one point i was like yeah I don't want to do it as a hobby so I I, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I I did it somehow i did it right i had a lot of help but i did it um so you know you know i mean and in hindsight my dad was right you know do it as a hobby because that allowed me to have the headspace and not burn out yeah, right? yeah. so you just have to like have the right attitude don't get too negative and and revisit things from your past, you know. Like I didn't like my parents until I was. Th- I didn't appreciate my parents until I was about thirty years old, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's just like you just have to like evolve. You have to grow older, you know. I I, I don't like the idea that people want to stay young. I mean that that's ridiculous, you know. Think of yourself when you well, think of my. I think of myself when I was twenty. I was I didn't know anything. I yeah. literally did not know
0: anything. We thought we knew so much though. <laughs>
1: yeah and it's just like even like kids like until 26 i was like i looked at a guy pushing a baby cart baby carriage and i was like i was like i literally said to myself sucks to be you but then when i was 26 i was like i want to have babies yeah you know it's just like it's weird you know the 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 mind changes and you'll see that in my art my i change on a dime so i i would say you know uh, my challenge is weirdly to be more like mike jordan to, to stop changing my mind so much but in a way, I'm happy with who I am too. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I I could be Michael Jordan if I if I just did one thing the whole time. You know, yeah, <laughs> but, uh,
0: yeah. I so be I, it. I feel yeah.
1: You know, I mean, hey, I work in a startup, and being a jack of all trades has helped me immensely. So there's nothing that has been thrown at me, knock knock on wood, in the, in my current company that I've been able to do really well on. So you know, um, do you do you, you know, that kind of thing, right? That's that's my challenge is to stay true to myself. Um, I will also say, like, there can be, you know, um, difficulties in the workplace. Sure, of course. And you really have to open up to your boss. That's all I can say is I, I saw a major change in my bosses when I opened up to them. Um, and that, that can mean many different things. It's different for everybody, mm-hmm. you know. But whatever it means to you, you doing you, open up to your boss, get that stuff sorted out because you your health is the number one thing, you know. <laughs> um, or get out of the job, you know so you know as a challenge that challenge was a big challenge for me mm-hmm. and will continue to be any my challenge and anybody's challenge working any job is that have a rapport with your managers and your bosses and don't be afraid to open up to them if they don't listen to you then more motivation to get out
0: yeah you know? yeah and and i think the key word there uh, that you're hitting on is authenticity you yeah. know it's like you know be yourself and you know it, it's interesting because we're almost kind of describing the dynamics of like a relationship right you know it's like if, if you can't deal with me being my authentic self maybe uh maybe it's time to start looking or you know that, that yeah. kind of thing or look yeah look yeah for i
1: think there's a point right where we're we're on good behavior yeah but then there's a point you know in any marriage or relationship where it's like okay here i am <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's coming it's coming full force you know this is me you know and for me that turning point in my my relationship not to get too in, deep in the weeds here but i got really sick mm. and at that point i actually my aura output increased after i healed a little bit i was still very sick but i i just like okay my time is limited i'm going to draw more this is around the time i started doing more social social media mm. also my Relationship with my wife and my kids, you know, it's like okay, I'm not going to put up with a lot of this old this other stuff, and not, and I shouldn't say the word put up, but I should say I'm just hey, here. I am here. Here I come, yeah, you're not, you know, and and that helped a lot for me, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like I like sweatpants. This, this is me, <laughs> you know. It's like I I'm, yeah. be, I'm being my authentic self.
1: Yeah, I put a huge focus on my art. I was like, look, I want to draw. This stuff passes the time, and I, I want to pass the time so that I can, you know go off on my merry way to bed and then pass the time and go back to bed. <laughs> That's it. <you> know? <laughs> That's how I'm going to get to whatever age I need to get to, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as my, I can, I can go on to the second one um, yeah, go ahead. direction. Where am I headed with my art? Yeah. What's the um, dream? Um, right now. I mean, I'm very focused on my job. Um, it's, it's the dream is to have a hit product as part of a company I think there's a, some, there's a thing you can learn creating a hit product at a company and there's a thing you can learn creating a hit product by yourself. I don't think there's any order that it needs to happen. But right now, you know, I'm you know, uh, luckily employed. So I just want to ride this in the sense that if I can create a successful product with AWA, I can learn so much more from a company perspective and from a managerial perspective and I feel like that'll help me down the line when I create um, something, you know, my next personal project. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, good.
0: Oh, no, that, you, you were already segueing. I was going and to say, and to round that out, um, advice you would have for folks that, that want to pursue their own creative interests?
1: Um, yeah, um, you know, find a mentor. I mean, ah, that's a good one yeah i mean like like i'll just go back to that um robert kirkman thing i was listening to like i don't know if people know this but his mentor was was uh uh, eric larson he he found a way to get an interview he was a journalist at the time or whatever he was Mm -hmm. working with somebody or or comic book shop whatever but um he was he grabbed like someone was gonna do an interview with eric larson and he was like let me do the interview and that was his gateway into um having a a speaking relationship with eric larson and then he started talking to him more and he started taking small jobs from him and then one of his friends drew the drew a sketch of super patriot which i think was something that wasn't i I don't know the full story don't quote me on any of this but anyway his mentor was eric larson right my mentor i i could say is bill Jemis.
2: right okay yeah yeah
1: these people open doors you wouldn't like you would not believe you know like i was talking with Steve Orlando. At a Comic Con, and um, he had an, a mentor, you know. Um, and that mentor was the person who handed a script to Eric, Steve, Eric Stevenson, Eric, yep. yep. at Image. Yes. So, had he not ha- had Steve had not had that mentor, that script would have never gone into Eric Stevenson's hands, and he would have never gone and published that image, right? Um, on and on. Everybody has a mentor, and um, um, find someone who clicks with you or, or interned with somebody and see if that you can click with that person. Um, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in a few Facebook groups that okay. have mentor lists, but I, oh. I know these things are, are around. And I know there's a mentor thing in LinkedIn as well, where if you sign up for a mentorship, they'll um, recommend people to you that are in your industry that have volunteered to mentor people. And um, all of these opportunities are available. But are not being utilized. Like when I go to a comic con and I meet somebody who I feel has potential, I tell them, "Look, here's my card. Email me with any questions. Uh, your portfolio. Email me. Contact me." And they don't contact me. So, and maybe they don't like me. That's fine. I'm not saying that they 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 need to contact me. But I'm saying these opportunities are out there. They're not being taken advantage of, and people are not being um, aggressive enough to make their make stuff happen. To make yeah. Connections happen. Connections can happen by luck, like with me and Bill Jemis. Absolutely. But, but, but I, oh, no, I, I should say, it was luck in a sense, but it was also a connection of a connection because with, yes. um, I, I, I networked at a con. I became on, uh, acquainted with Jeff McComsey, who did the, the FUBAR zombie anthologies. He was really big on um, Kickstarter. He did Mother Russia. Oh, and okay, I did, sure. Yeah, I did an eight- page um thing for him in one of his fubar zombie anthologies and he liked it and he was working with bill Jemis at the time and he recommended me to bill james i i passed the um storyboard test the art test that he, that bill james sent me and then i became acquainted with bill Jemis. so you could even say that well i, I guess this is this is a tangent because it's not mentorship in, the, in, in that sense but it's networking so i guess yeah, that's the yeah, second yeah. thing is networking which yeah. is kind of like mentorship too so it's like networking is the bigger umbrella of mentor mentorship which is like you network overall and then part of networking you get connected with a mentor who takes you way faster farther than you would ever do on your own you know
0: yeah you know you mentioned networking and i uh i the the colloquialism i like to use is making friends you know, because like folks will ask me about podcast growth and audience growth and things like that. And I'm like, make friends, you know, who, Mm -hmm. who do you interact with on social media? You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, have you followed all of your favorite creators? You know, that that's, you know, that's making yourself visible to other fans. And, and, you know, it's just part of being, uh, being part of that um, uh, community. Um, but yeah, you know one of the other things that that you said a moment ago about luck, and 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 luck is definitely a thing. It's uh, it's when it it's also when skill meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, folks will have all of the skill in the world and like so much raw natural talent and they just never get that that opportunity because you know whatever circumstances they created like they didn't know the right people at the right time and for whatever reason and this happens to so many of us they their their time just never came and whereas i mean cuz like you know in in the the content creation community um jealousy is is a is a is a dark color and even like in in my space in in uh uh podcasting you know there and and i'm sure a lot of you see this a lot in uh in the art spaces as well you know it's like why them and not me you know and and it's and it's just such a toxic headspace but it is so hard to divorce yourself from that and you just got to kind of focus on on being the best you you know, um, yeah. you know, not, not, not to attack too much onto your, uh, uh, wonderful advice there as well. But yeah, I've just, I, I, I've seen a lot of folks because like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups also. And yeah, I'll see mm-hmm. like, you know, podcasters get, get discouraged because, oh man, I put out my first episode. Yay. And two people downloaded it. So, now <laughs> I don't want a podcast anymore. It's like, it's like what? <laughs> I <laughs>
2: yeah. mean,
0: just I mean, you can't have that instant gratification. But then somebody else will put out their, their, um their first episode. And maybe they're like a friend of a friend of somebody that's got like a huge following. They get like a retweet. Next thing you know, they've caught fire and they're, and they're just viral. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just how it happens sometimes. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, working on things that are your passion anyway, helps you to kind of get past the sort of, the, um, the early times, but it yes. so that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that, you know, the passion drives the content and, and the, you know, again, the battling with yourself is that, that thing that I mentioned earlier,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which, uh, you know, motivating yourself, but also ideas for content. Like the more passionate you are, the more ideas you'll have. And then that'll be good for you, you know, down, down the line, you know, you'll really have um, a backlog of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I also wanted to add one thing for the advice. Of course. Um, and it's that, um, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of people who, well, there, there people, there, there's a whole sort of rhetoric out there about not working for free as an artist or working for free in any industry. Wow. And, and I think it's, it's a loaded thing. It's not, it's not very black and white. Um, okay. Um, because um, it, this ties back to passion because if the project you're being offered um, taps into something you're very passionate about, the fact that you're not going to get 50 bucks or 500 bucks or 50,000 bucks for it. Um, the fact that money is... It, the fact that... Well, okay. Money attached or not has nothing to do with how much better you're going to perform. Ah. You know? So if someone's offering you something that taps into your passion and you find out that it's zero dollars... It doesn't matter because it's gonna get that good stuff out of you, which is the hardest thing to do as an artist. Yes, because you if you if you sit down, you're like, "Oh, I'm ready to draw." You crack your knuckles, drink a coke, you're like, "Oh my God, my head is blank." Yeah. That is the problem, you know. And the same thing with content creation. That's the problem when your head is blank. So if someone's handing you an idea that you're like, "Oh my God, I love this idea," oh. By the way, I can't pay you for it. You'd be like, you know what you should say? You should say, I don't care. Yeah. As long as you let me share this, you know, with prospective employees mm-hmm. and uh, employers and, and you share it, let me share it on social media. You let me carry it around in my portfolio. I don't care that it's free because yeah. you're going to get some of my best work and some of your best work could be the, the best work you do for the next 20 years, believe it or not. Because sometimes I've looked at some of my old work. I'm like, I can't believe I drew that. Mm-hmm. I don't draw like that anymore. And I don't have the patience to draw like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, so just think of it that way. You know, it's not work for free. It's, w- w- you know, what's going to get the best work out of you? Mm-hmm. You know, if there's, a, there's money attached to it, even better. But money attached to it might mean you can't share it. In which case, even if it got the best work out of you, right. no one's going to see it, right? Because it's part of somebody's private collection or whatever. hmm so, you know, it's, it's such a complex thing, but don't let work for, don't, don't let the don't work for free thing yeah. uh, cheat you out of the opportunity of a lifetime. If Michael Jackson came up to me and said, I want you to do this thing and uh, I can't pay you for it. I was like, but you're, you're, you're paying for Neverland. You know, you, you know, you, you've got 15 mansions or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't care that it's free. I get to work with Michael Jackson, you know, yeah. to me that that's payment enough, you know, it's, it's like don't get too deep into the stuff you don't need to think about you know yeah what yeah you need to think about is is your passion and and the end the, at the end of the day before you go to bed you look at that thing you're like man that that's cool i like that thing you know mm-hmm. and, and i'm gonna share that around you know i'm gonna get my mom to say that really good work son <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely because you know, regardless you of what we are say, you know, I'll tell you about Asian parents. You know, <laughs> like ah, I like Picasso more,
0: yeah, you know, because I mean, we're we're all chasing that spot on the refrigerator, right? You know, we all <laughs> just want it there. But uh, uh, the the last thing I wanted to, to uh, kind of tack on to what you were saying, though, um, and I agree with you about opportunities, but I would also caution folks um, against being taken advantage of. Because while there is those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, and we've all had those where it's like, oh my gosh, I get to work with so-and-so and, and all of that. But then when that becomes the norm, I, I see a lot of folks um, that are so eager to give away their best work also because they're, you know, they're, they're chasing those exposure bucks. And unfortunately, last time I checked, people still die of exposure but um <laughs> but you're but you're right well, though well, see,
1: yeah that's the thing too like, like they're like uh if people are like if somebody if michael jackson came up to me i don't know why i'm using michael Jackson. i'll like say kim kardashian if kim kardashian came up to me and said look stan i can't pay you but i'll give you exposure you better believe i'm gonna say yes because that kind Oops. of exposure there's different kinds of exposure you know if it's um if it's you know mary I try to think of a (laughs) a generic name, you know, if it's Joe Blow, sure. Hey man, I'm going to give you exposure. I want to put your picture on, on a bulletin board at the local mall, right. Or at the local ice cream parlor. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm not stupid, you know, but if you're Kim Kardashian and you say you're going to do that, I'm going to try, I'm going to take her on our word. If you're Kanye West, I'm going to take you on your word. So I would say that exposure is a, is a um it's a complex thing it's also very complex like you have to analyze yeah definitely don't be dumb but um analyze the exposure you know analyze this person you're talking to yeah and and the way to 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 be prevented from being cheated is just don't sign a a a long-term agreement you know find something that's very bite-sized you know test them out and and if they're uh if they're what they're cracked up to be then uh, keep working with them and then start charging them you know broach the subject of you know Yep, how much yep. um budget do you have now you know like um can you can you can you spot me a you know ice cream cone you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, can you spot yeah. me some air jordan sneakers you know <laughs> exactly I, I got paid i got paid in like uh in, in like op and like barter a couple times yeah. it, it didn't Wait, which feel is that good
0: all good yeah i mean yeah it didn't
1: feel good like i got paid in dinners and i yeah. got paid in like like someone gave me a, um um it was a eight eight modem uh, only only old fogies like like us <laughs> will know what that is. If like you gave me a modem, you know, and, and that was my, I was yeah. like, this is weird. But like, um, but Hey, you know, it's just like it, it all, ch- it, you chalk it up to learning, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I'll, I'll give you an experience of something that I got completely hosed on. Sure. Was, uh, <laughs> was this uh, Canadian company that did D and D type stuff. And they wanted me to draw this insect cookbook. Okay. They wanted me to draw a bunch of insects. And then they wanted me to draw those insects done up as, um, uh, 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 dishes like food, food dishes. Oh, sure. And then, and I drew the crap out of it, man. Like yeah. I, the best art I've ever done. And it was on me though. Cause they hosed me. Yes. Like I, I either didn't get paid or I can't remember the whole story, but I ho- I screwed myself over because I had to send them the original artwork.
0: Oh, and yeah.
1: Even though I scanned them. I lost the digital scans. So it took many stupid things on my part to be completely hosed on that. Yeah. Completely like destroyed on that. But, but but I learned my lesson and um, you know, it wasn't that long-term of a project and I didn't hold too much of a grudge for too long. Mm -hmm. I was very jaded because I was very young at the time. Um, But you know, again, you know, one, one bad experience won't hurt you um, that bad you Absolutely. know if you're really meant for this you'll come back and come back stronger
0: yeah well and and learn from those experiences like 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 you're just saying there um stan this has been an incredible conversation uh uh way more deeply philosophical than i think <laughs> i was anticipating but it but it's very much welcome I, I that's why i truly enjoy these artist spotlight interviews because it's you know it's one thing to be like you know, tell me about your thing. Okay, here's the website. Fine, all right, off you go. Your, your art's really cool. Um, I... One, one of the mission statements of my podcast is, you know, tell me about your thing, but also tell me your story. And I, so I I, I really appreciate how uh, um, insightful you've been and, and all of this great stuff uh, you've been sharing with the audience. Uh, but before, uh, before we part ways for now, uh, could you let folks know uh, where we can find your art on the Internet? and how we can connect with you out on the social medias. And uh, from that, um, anything um, coming up that you'd like to promote, go ahead and uh, plug away. Hold nothing back. Everything. So,
1: you know, the more uh, steady stuff that I do is the Instagram. The Instagram, Instagram, um, my handle is artist Stan. It's all one word. Um, I'm also um, on Twitter um, under the same, uh, handle artist mm-hmm. stan um i'm more i'm obviously very uh uh interested in expanding my twitch audience so it's twitch.tv slash artist stan all it's all the same stuff mm-hmm. and uh the thing uh, you know i'm on youtube as well um if you search for Stancho cho illustration um but my you know youtube you know i not, not focused on as much for now um but um yeah, on the, on the Twitch stuff, um, one thing I'm, I'm thinking about expanding into is they have this, there's this thing called stream avatars. You might have seen this before where you have a bunch of sort of animated pixel characters running around on the bottom of the screen and they're all kind of alive and they're kind of running around. Have you seen that before?
0: No, no, I, I, I'm trying okay. to think of if I've seen that before, but I don't know if I have. Okay,
1: so it's like imagine like a bunch of Pokemon characters just running around on the bottom of the screen while the person person is running their Twitch stream, whatever that may be, right? Okay. Um, and so my my idea is like, why don't I just start building out my uh, my um, avatars, my, my Twitch avatars, and just start building the collection of animated. Uh, Transformers characters walking around on the bottom of my screen, and they're go. they're um, they're autonomous. So they walk around, they sit, uh, they might jump, they might you know shoot their gun or something. Or... Oh my gosh! And you can do auto games. You can do like if you just type exclamation point battle royale, they will start battle royaling each other until there's one <laughs> dance. standing. Um, there's another one. It's like basketball. I don't even know what that does. You can have them all dance. Um, and, and the other cool thing is it incentivizes the Twitch stream itself because people can get assigned um avatars so if you come into your to the stream mm-hmm. if you're assigned one you know you would come in as your favorite character you know and that character may have a custom uh, bow tie on his head or yeah a, a band around his his, uh, his arm or a tattoo or whatever the, his a special gun or you know a special color um head or something you know um so it's just it just seems like a like an interesting way in, in, to do something that's not I haven't seen anybody doing out there to grow my Twitch stream just to customize it for for the people that you know want to join a community not just consume stuff but yeah. be part of a community of Transformers fans with representation on screen yeah, you know, because yeah. it's like it's like we're talking about this VR thing right yeah. and it's just like how do we make it more interactive because if it's just us in our rooms looking at people playing street fighter it's not quite there yet you know right but imagine if there's you know an actual audience of uh of avatars that are are unique you know there's another thing called marble madness which is like sure. um right uh, which is you join the stream and you have a marble you know you can t- customize your marble and all the marbles go into this huge race to see who's going to win and i've i've been in some smaller marble madnesses where you know, I'm in the in, I win, or I'm in the top five, and it's it's kind of exciting towards the end. You know, so it, it it's a little bit more interaction, and it's very like it's very cutting edge to me. You know, this kind of stuff, and I think these things will become more and more popular as the need arises, which is now. You know, so um and and my need is now for for Twitch. You know, that's my interest. So maybe I can make you know uh, make ends meet in the, in that sense. You know, and and it'll motivate me to create a full set of G one. Uh, sorry, everybody, G one only. <laughs> um, won, uh, stream avatars which then sure. i can parlay into um a, a, a clickable adventure like a lucas arts style cl- point and click adventure or sierra uh, depending on you know your preference yeah. but the old sierra games you know point and click um then i can finally get into that arena because if i don't have the assets i can't even consider start creating something like that so I got to do yeah. baby steps but you know meanwhile while i'm doing the baby steps I can build an audience you know Mm -hmm. so it just seems like it seems like the the dice are falling into place but you know i'm gonna jump ahead and say like let's say a couple years down the line you know maybe i can do that fan uh g1 transformers game that everybody i shouldn't say everybody but a lot of people on instagram are telling saying so stan when's your uh g1 pixel art uh uh, transformers game coming out oh yeah so that's been definitely in the back of my mind, you know, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to do this? Um, and so, you know, these are the early stages of that.
0: Very cool. Now, um, if folks wanted to, uh, financially support your art, like, like, do you have a, a Patreon, a Kofi, or any, any of the other, uh, uh fan crowd source, uh, uh, type of platforms? Um, not yet. And my,
1: my, my, my uh philosophy behind that is um that i want to contribute 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 to the community yeah. for an extended period of time for free before i ask for anything because i think um that's just the way the economy works it's yeah. a fr- it's a free what do you call it a free free not freemium but it's a, a it's it's a free to download style of mindset you know kind of ah, like free to play yes. you can play free to play for the rest of your life i will not care cuz this is i don't want it anyway it's once it goes into the community it's kind of owned by the community right yeah um but at some point down the line you know i may need um, a little bit of help to push something out that's a little bit unique and i want to spend a little bit more time on it then yeah i might you know go out and ask for something from the audience but um it's going to be a little while before that i think
0: Fair enough. Well, uh, well, Stan. It looks like darkness is falling where you're. At. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figure the less people see my
1: face, the better. Anyway,
0: so. <laughs> But uh but before we part ways any uh any particular uh parting thoughts uh the things that we uh like a shout out you wanted to give uh, anything uh that we meant to cover but uh but didn't real quick uh before we sign off
1: no i I want to thank you for uh you know being on with me for chatting for th- almost three hours. You yeah know, I really, really enjoyed this interview, so thank you so much for uh you know responding um to my request to be on your show
2: yeah
1: um i love to talk as you can tell <laughs> tons of things to talk about still so um and I, you know i love your show the, the my, my first episode was the flint dilly show oh yeah the second one i listened to the the transformers are a female transformers artist which i thought was very entertaining as well
0: oh very um, good yeah apollo is so, awesome she's great
1: yeah apollo that's right yeah and uh, it was cool, you know, how she's an indie artist, um, uh, like me, right? And um, and you know, we're just we're just out there, just having fun, you know. And I, I think that's not. I don't want to lose sight of that, you know. Yeah. And that's why it's not like, you know, I have reached out to John Barber at IDW, you know, just put it, just throwing that out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I'm asking for you know official Transformers work. No, no official reply yet, you know. But I'll keep you guys posted on that.
0: very cool well we will look forward to that uh uh, again stan this has been um an absolute pleasure we we will have to do this again um if for no other reason then we've got the 35th anniversary of transformers the movie coming up next year and and i've got i've got so many of these fandom questions i didn't even get around to asking it's like i asked like one or two and then then we were off to the races uh but we'll have to uh we'll have to leave things there and one i do i do have one i One shout out.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. One shout out for um, uh, it's I think it's TF Walrus or TF Raw. He does the um, I don't know if you know him on Twitter, TF Raw. Mm. He he really I think it was him. He released the um, the storyboards, the Transformers movie storyboards. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then he he's he just releases all this old school stuff. So I just want to say you know a little thank you to him for just just inspiring me like for a lot of stuff. And then like you know he um is putting together this Japanese um, language version of Transformers the Movie, which has English subtitles, which is really funny because the Japanese language version has completely different dialogue for a lot of the scenes. So uh, he found a way to translate all this to English. And I speak Japanese. Okay. And I was a translator. So I'm actually helping to refine it a little bit for him. Really? Um, Part of the perk of that was I got this, well, I don't know if I should say this on air, but, I'm working on a really nice copy of
0: the movie. <laughs> um, really, I didn't have before. So, uh, oh my goodness! Well, color that to me intrigued. <laughs>
1: that to me is nice. Um, but anyway, uh, just shout out to him for, um, you know, kind of sharing stuff with the community and uh, and uh, you know, getting in touch with me and just you know, yeah. getting acquainted with him.
0: Well and and absolutely uh uh the the website is TFRaw.com. And yeah, you're right. He is at Walrus Law um on uh, on Twitter. And yeah, if you have not checked out uh TF Raw, the website, um several other uh, podcasts that, that I'm buddies with, uh TFU info, uh Autopod Decepticast, you know, there there's a lot of folks that pull from uh that great material that's out on TF Raw. There's like all kinds of like, you know, storyboard. And scripts and and yeah, just a, just a wealth of yes. alternative uh, Transformers content. So yeah, definitely uh, check that out. And um, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Dusty. Uh, he uh, he was hanging out with us for uh, uh, for the better chunk of the interview and was kind of commenting in the um, in the in the margins in the in the chat. Oh yeah, yeah. So, D-
1: Dusty uh, he commented to me. He messaged me before. So uh, thanks, Dusty, for listening in
0: yeah that that was really cool so uh, I really appreciate um, everybody checking out uh, hanging out with us on the live stream and uh, uh, listening on the podcast Uh, but that will do it for this week's show I got no more show for you thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening Uh, but if you would like to listen to my podcast Mike Seibert Radio subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Google Podcasts Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and you can check out the full show archive out on soundcloud like share rate and review the show let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future mike cyber radio is produced by dave sanders and is powered by Poddex for mike cyber radio my name is mike my name is Stancho. and until next time wear your mask wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSiebertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.